Namaste, universe. It is the 27th of January, which means that I have no friends with birthdays imminent. Well, McLaren, but he would be a robust uh, 17 days away, so he doesn't really count. But in the land of milk and honey, I say, who needs milk? Pause. Unpause. Oh, it's chocolate milk. Well, then pour me a glass. Pause. Okay, so I feel like we got a lot to get to, so this should be my last game of pinball if I had to guess. So I'll be right back. Okay, to be fair, that one ended terribly with just, I mean, there is a ricochet off the, off the top uh, drop. Oh, whatever, I got to pay attention. Pause. Damn it. All right, I promise. Last one. Well, since we have a lot to talk about, I better... One more game. Okay, let's be honest. I was going to play until I got here anyway. So this is definitely my last game. Be right back. All right. Well, uh, how do I stop this? There you go. Hello. Or should I say namaste? For the Hindi-speaking among us, of which there may be, well, potentially billions, but we'll just call it somewhere around three. To the three of you, I say namaste. Um... Last two uh, recordings, I was trying to focus on the logjam of bureaucratic and legal and um, cultural, social, uh, mm, structural hindrances to correcting the uh, travesty that has become American politics and its um actions therein its lack of action therein its various policies supported therein and <clears throat> therein we have still much to discuss but up until now we've been through the fact that trying to do it through voting is not going to work trying to do it through the media is not going to work Trying to do it up and down the law chain of law and order is not going to work. Going straight to Congress is not going to work. And that leaves what? Running for office? Pause. Unpause. All right. Well, we are going to try to get through this entire card today. I don't think that's possible. So we will cross stuff off as we go. And I will try to be as... Uh, well spoken in my diction so that my mumble mouth only appears occasionally and not for strings of time that make it impossible to understand what I'm saying. What's number one here? Okay. If you want to see shit on this planet that you cannot explain and nobody can explain and everybody who's tried to explain so far has failed to explain, well, that would be Krishna's Gigantic butterball. 
Go look it up. Krishna's, K-R-I-S-H-N-A, apostrophe S, gigantic, G-I-G-A-N-T-I-C, butter ball. Come on, America, you can spell butter ball. And we know the rest of the world can because English is their second language, so they know it better than we do. All right, Krishna's gigantic butterball. Check it out. You will be like, what? <laughs> what? Then you'll say, eh. And then you'll come back and go, seriously, though, what? All right. Goodbye, Krishna's gigantic butterball. We have talked about you. Okay, how about uh, satin sheets? Oh, I did call silk sheets a satin sheet, silk sheets. So I've never been on silk sheets that I know of, but I've been on satin sheets. So when I called them silk, I meant satin. I'm trying to be accurate, I'll cross that one off now. Uh, over, over, blah, 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 overwhelmingly foreboding. Overwhelmingly foreboding. Oh, yeah. I had a run of, of, uh, of dreams that were. When I have foreboding dreams, it's always uh, wasteland desolation type. And, and I don't even necessarily mean that. I much, I much more mean that something is like, like something's gone. There's something missing. Um, or I'm looking for something and I don't even know where to turn to, to start. I'm just disoriented. I'm unsure what has gone wrong, but clearly this environment is off. Almost um, um, disorientation is as good a word as anything, really. And <clears throat> and when I have them in lucid uh, condition, they can be they can be uh, uh, impactful for especially the morning. If it's, especially if it's one where I feel like there's, there's something that I'm supposed to be doing and I can't figure out what, or somebody I'm supposed to be trying to find or save or whatever, those kinds of, uh, thoughts run through your dream head. And then you start to think that they're real or that maybe this is a situation in which you should be acting and you're not taking action. And then you wake up all panicky. Yeah, that's what I, you know, I can go through a run of like a week of those and, get overwhelmed by them. And I was on a string of two or three nights of those at one point, but there's a bigger explanation for a smaller problem that nobody asked for an explanation on in the first place. Cross that off. Foreboding. Yeah, foreboding is a good word too. Okay. Power. What is power? Um, simply put, power is the ability to make decisions on other people's behalf without their consent. I don't know if I really adhere to that. I just made that up on the spot. So I'll listen to it three or four times before I say, you know, when I said what power was, I didn't mean that. This is what I actually meant. For now, I'm going to live with whatever I just said, even though I couldn't repeat it if I tried. Goodbye, power. Um, the elections are fixable. Oh, yeah. So at one point I say that uh, our voting machines can, can be fixed. And since fixed has many, 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 many interpretations, including repaired, made better, improved, none of which did I mean. I meant fixed like, have you heard? This 
Horse race is fixed. Seriously. Sparkling Blueberry is going to win. I'm Put your money on Sparkling Blueberry. Yeah, I know it's a dumb name. Put your money on Sparkling Blueberry. It is going to win. So, that's the kind of fixed our voting machines are. You open them up and it's all full of Sparkling Blueberries winning. Which is better than Member Berries. Right? Yay, Parker and Stone. All right, so our elections are fixable. Uh, <clears throat> in leaders. For, forced in leaders. Oh, yeah. Um, I do, I do want to believe that we're sitting in a circumstance where good, great, even aspirationally monumental people of greatness carved across time exist and have just been put in circumstances to be compromised or have faced such circumstances of overwhelming nature that they have had no choice but to act as the cloaked, secretive, clandestine operation that they've been running. But boy, it's getting harder and harder to buy into that shit. Because all of the really good people have been kicked out of the system. They are now fringe participants still fighting their way because they know that despite the injustice served against them by the machinery of current manipulation. You don't stop. You never give up. Wherever you are, you're plotting your next maneuver to expose more of the scheming and chicanery that has been imposed against us across every sector of leadership power and communal support that you can name. And now having lost the trust of each of us for each other, well, how'd that happen? When did we start thinking that everyone was out to get us? that every transaction had to be looked at defensively first, that trust had been rolled into a protective and secretive dark hidden spot that after many, many attempts, maybe I'll think about showing you my trust, but earning it, you have not. Well, I still trust people first and expect them to disappoint me later. And, you know, I'm not saying they don't. But whenever people are put off by my expectation that they are awesome, that they are better than they know, that they are capable of unimaginable achievements, that if only supported, inspired, and encouraged to find for themselves, they would discover this explosive human potential that sits dormant in their I'm not worth it 
mentality. People do get put off by all that. They never like to hear that I think they're fucking phenomenal. But I do. And I would never will think otherwise. But carry on and live with the delusion that the leaders who are manipulating us into this true pit of despair, well, I've got my questions about them now. Not that I can't find their humanity with them and forgive them for the deeds they've done. But at some point, where is the soul? Where is the conscious part of you? Your conscience, your consciousness? No, that's the part of you that's awake. Your conscience is the part that yells at you that you're doing the wrong fucking thing right now. And then later says, now you feel guilty about it. That part seems to have shriveled up and died in our leadership. Or that's the part when they clone you, they just don't clone. They just say, we don't need that part. We don't want that part. Just leave that part in the body. Unpause. Every human came here for the collective embrace that humanity is when we all know trusting each other is how it works. Believing in the best of each other draws that out, encourages that behavior, and becomes the norm to the point that it's the only standard of behavior that anybody knows. And anyway, that little battle I seem to want to fight by myself, not in back alleys or anything, just out in the daylight with people who are like, trust me, man, you don't know me, I'm not worthy, I'm really a big fucking mess. Pause. Unpause. And for all of you around the world who are listening to this, like we look at what salamanders in a terrarium, whatever your curiosity, whatever curiosity has brought you to peek into the twisted skull of this American life, well, know that our situation in terms of preventable deaths is ludicrous, which is a word that means, are you fucking kidding me? Basically. And what those deaths indicate are suicides, drug overdoses, and um, I believe things like skiing accidents. But what um, is shocking about the quarter of a million of those that are documented, and I'm thinking skiing accidents are only like four or five of those. So most of this is drug overdoses and suicides. And since that line is really blurry, we'll just call it suicides and drug overdoses. And I would say that of the three or four Clinton sides that happen every year, well, that doesn't really skew the data either. So 
this is in comparison to say uh, 2014, the number of these deaths total was around 48,000. So we've seen a five-fold increase in 10 years in the number of preventable deaths, suicides, drug overdoses in this country, fivefold. And drug overdoses, which used to account for roughly three, two and a half, two, depending on the year you want to look at during my lifetime. Well, let's say during the 21st century, three-ish, two-ish deaths per 100,000 people in the population from drug overdose, mostly due to heroin and methadone. Methadone accountable for about one, heroin accountable for about one and a half, and then everything else accountable for a little bit. And by 2017, that had doubled. By 2018, it had doubled again. By 2020, it had doubled again. It has since doubled again to the point now where we have roughly 32 drug overdose. Is that just drug overdose? It is. 32 just drug overdose deaths per 100,000 people every year. It's surpassed car accidents as the number one killer of Americans under 65. And shockingly, quite a few of these overdoses are people over 45. Because fentanyl apparently has such a shock to the system impact that people whose systems are weakened in other ways with comorbidities, as they call them in the COVID world, are very susceptible to a one-and-done reaction to a fentanyl experience. And since fentanyl is now being masked as heroin, masked as cocaine, masked as, well, the problem in Washington where they saw an enormous spike year over year, I think it was 350%, was because they had a whole bunch of fentanyl hit the street sold as cocaine. So cocaine users snorted a line of fentanyl and bam, they were dead. And that scares the fuck out of me. Are you kidding me? You've been using Coke for 15 years. Go to get a couple of baggies from your regular dealer. Chop yourself a line that seems a little extra chalky, a little extra glassy, whatever it might be. But you think, fuck it, man. Like and getting high right now. Oh, that shit is burning. What the? F- oh my God. And you're dead. So, if that doesn't scare the shit out of you, cocaine users of everywhere else in the country, because Washington was just the first place where that 
little gimmick got hold. But it's coming to every city. We're going to only see more of this. So if I was using cocaine myself, I would say this shit's overpriced and I never really like getting high or even having sex on it. So I'm going to say it's time to quit. Plus, I might die with fentanyl in my nose going, Ah! What the fuck? Right? Pause? Unpause. So I think that takes care of our leaders were forced into situations with terrible circumstances. The fentanyl thing is fair, right? They didn't ask for this. They didn't expect a synthetic narcotic of of the most addictive nature yet and lethal and cheap to hit the streets. I would think, or maybe they planned it. I don't know. This one seems like nature doing its thing randomly, but I could be wrong. But let's just assume this is the the energetic reaction of man's own folly. Well, okay, that doesn't make it go away. That doesn't mean we've dealt with it. That doesn't even mean that we've recognized the scale of this problem. The data we're collecting is from the most interested resource available to tell us that the problem isn't as big as we think it is. So I guarantee you that this could be twice, if not three, four, five times bigger than what we already know. So with that in mind, I'm seriously talking to anyone who is in the clutches of this particular drug. I have been a drug addict. And the only thing you can do to really cold turkey get get it done is to get the fuck away from your life. Or you're going to kill yourself. People who can't stop using fentanyl die. And I'm sure you've already come to this realization at some point in one of your after-morning regret moments. But without some complete change of environment, well, the only other answer is to find the part of yourself that right now is contaminated and come to love it. Love yourself entirely. And like I said... That leaves two options, one of which I don't think you're capable of. Because in the throes of drug addiction, the self-loathing is mounting. If not procreating, having septuplets, taking over every facet of your life. So to ask someone in that position to have a self-realization that in fact they do love themselves completely... They just have lost that knowledge at this moment. Well, that's asking a lot. But asking you to move from West Virginia to Idaho, where you know nobody. Well, if you work at fucking Target, yeah, do it. Ask what it would take to transfer to a state where you know nobody. Get the fuck away from what's causing you your pain. Or at least consider it. Because staying where you are with the magnetic draw to addiction fentanyl offers 
It's a losing proposition. And I'm nothing but sympathetic and filled with hugs for the situation that you're in. Because it is one that will draw all the strength out of you to redirect. But come out of it, you can. And come out of it with more appreciation for life than you've ever had. You can. But you have to believe in yourself. And right now, I know that you don't. Pause. Okay, unpause. Let's get off of the... That's, that's a little too serious. Let's talk about why does everyone fall for the seductions in power? Yeah, why do they all turn into monsters when they get there? They don't start off as monsters. So either they were ready in some way to be... to compromise their humanity... I don't know. God damn. I don't know. I don't know. Why do we all fall for the seductive side of power? And why does power overwhelm those who get more of it to the point that that's all they can get is a robust drive for more and more power? I don't know. That I'm going to think about. I shouldn't have crossed that one off. We will circle that like, oh, damn it. That's going to be hard to remember that I meant to go back to that. Uh, were all of our leaders cloned? Yeah. I mean, sometimes, right? If you don't think it once in a while, I'm starting to wonder who you are. Clone that you might be. Um, okay. When I was saying, oh, and this is another thing about that power. I was saying for the people who are like, maybe, 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 yes. In other words, you turn down your friend's offer for a line of cocaine. You turn down your friend's line, turn down your friend's line, turn down your friend's line, turn down your friend's line. And then one day you say, all right, fuck it, man. Carve me one up. And then you snort it and it's fentanyl. Oh, man. Did you have some bad karma? But aside from that one example where clearly life's simulation had other plans for you. No, in most situations where you're just like, oh, I am not going to take anything off the top of the cash fund. I'm just not going to do it. I know nobody would notice. I know Carl's doing it. I know Miriam's doing it. Hell, I know Miriam trained Carl how to do it. I know that if I just take a little bit, I wouldn't feel like, I mean, it could pay for my parking. That would be okay. Okay, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then Miriam and Carl come to you and say, hey, 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 why are your cash counts always a couple hundred bucks higher than ours? It's starting to look bad. Why are you not fucking with the program? Come on, Nick. Because, you know, Nick's like the guy that can never figure out what to do in the situation, but wants to do the right thing. But now he's being cornered by these two uh, miscreants he's worked with for almost three years now. And it's just, oh. So Nick says, well, I've been taking enough for myself, what I feel good about. Why do I have to take more? That feels wrong. And they say, if you don't start doubling, tripling what you've been taking, then we'll start figuring out a way to replace you. <laughs> 
So it's up to you, Nick. Now, Nick's left with the dilemma of maybe, 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 maybe. That's a terrible, dramatic thread of a circumstance where you're compromised in a way that might be easy enough to say yes to when the challenge of saying no implies such an upheaval to your overall circumstance. Because I know that's where 90% of corruption sits. In a, this isn't even going to get noticed. Everybody else is taking advantage in some way or another anyhow. So this is just what evens the pie. Speaks the seductive, on-your-shoulder elf to you while you're in frustration mode about all the goddamn lack of accountability this world is demonstrating. Yep. Yep. And you look over on your right shoulder and... There's nobody. You get enough people, enough opportunities to say, oh, I don't care today. Today, I just don't give a fuck. Whatever. Let's do it. You give someone 5,000 opportunities to say no, they'll say no 4,999 times. But asking them to say no 5,000 times... It's asking a lot. We're just all weak enough to have a pity party for ourselves to think today's the day that I'm going to give back all the fucking wrong that I've been dealt. And here's how I'm going to do it with Carla. Wait, was it Carla? No, it was Miriam and Carl. Yeah, those two. <gasps> Carl became Carla? He did? Oh, really? And the company paid for it? Is he wearing dresses? Oh, he is. Oh, well. I go introduce myself to Carla. Pause. Unpause. It's like, even if the system is built in a way to encourage the better in us and to have uh, checks and balances against the worst in us, well, you can put elected officials into those circumstances again and again and again, and 99.9% of them are just going to continue to lead the country in noble and and intentional ways. But one or two frustrated mofos who were treated poorly in their childhood and have not recovered since might start seeing cracks in the system and think this is their moment to get back all the wrongs that have been done to them. And if you have enough people in and out of a system over and over again, you're going to inevitably have some people aspire to those systems for the potential retribution those plateaus give them over, say, working at the donut shop. Uh, pause. Unpause. And furthermore, because we have this plaything called money, we have every incentive for our entire system to end up corrupt. Because we are able to buy influence through backdoor handshake deals with leaders who have the power to create scenarios that tilt markets or whatever other interest may be in play. Well, those who legislate society for the good 
yeah, can choose to legislate society for this corporation and my gold bar supply in my jackets in my closet, that weakness is tolerated by us. Because I don't remember the last time anybody complained about, oh, wait, no, we've complained. Yeah, we've complained loudly. In fact, I still don't understand how it is that anybody in our representative government in Washington is able to buy and sell stocks based on information they have from closed-door legislative sessions. The answer, well, what do you want them to do? If you think that's the kind of information anybody can hold without acting on, well, you just think crazily. And I say, okay, that's just not the society I want to live in, where we can't have leadership rebuke their financial interests for a period of time as they decide on more important issues like leading the country. Reward them? Sure. In a compensation that's fair. But not about advantage-taking, because once we allow them to think they can take advantage, well then take advantage they will. And to watch us not even care to curtail the self-fulfilling prophecy that is our government and its inevitable decline into, well, y'all do what you want, but the people over here that want the opposite, they've given me a million bucks, so if you don't have two, then you don't have anything. I don't pretend that they're all bought and sold. No, nope, I do pretend. No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. There's got to be one or two. Who's that guy? Yeah, Clay Higgins. Seems like he's got stones. I doubt you could go in and bribe him. But he might be the whole list right now. Yep. So, again, to the international community. These are the issues that, on the inside of America, make this issue, or make this circumstance more dire than you even know. 75% of the American public pulled in random polls, which means it's closer to 90%, want a ceasefire and an immediate halt to what's happening between Israel and the people in Gaza. It's horrific. It's a stain on the entire history of humanity, what's happening right now, in that genocidal act that Israel is relentlessly accelerating. Again, I don't understand how people like this can act like that. And given that when I express these views to others, I hear similar sounds of Yemen seriously. Well, the hopelessness that we all feel about how to make this work in a favor that isn't for Hunter Biden and his future artistic endeavors is to stand up together, all of us, enough. If you haven't gone to see how dark 
the underbelly of our country's governance has become. It is on you to now research how badly you have been misled and how messy the room got while you weren't looking. We have a house to clean, America. We have comeuppance within our own ranks that we must serve in the public square for the benefit of the nation. You want to draw lines on a map? Well, when the house is out of control, as it is, it's time for Mama to come home and say, "Uh uh-uh, no more of this shit. I'm paused. Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Mom. Didn't mean to fucking spill the fucking wine on the white rug. I don't know. It just happened. I mean, I was talking to this girl, you know. Uh, You know, I kicked a wine glass over. Anyway, since Mom's going to ground me for the next month for that, um, I get you, all you troublemakers who got into these positions of maybe, 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 maybe. I guess. Oh, fuck. Now, where am I? I'm drinking a Dorito Grove. Am I? Okay. Yeah, give me the give me the goblet. Um, I don't, you know, I, I see your souls, but they're just blips. And the only recovery method that you really have is from within. I can't save you, but you can still save yourselves. So whenever you think that the options are down to obey or perish, there's one other option. Reveal and redeem. But we're not asking anything of you that we expect. I mean, you're drinking adrenochrome, for God's sake. You're pretty far gone. Okay. <clears throat> What's that one say? Yesterday's faith has grounded. Looks like grounding. Grounding? Going back forever? Like, okay, I'm not sure. That's that's too much. too many words I can't read. Okay, what is, uh, back to what is power. Boy, am I ever one-track mind on that stuff. We'll get back to that on another day. Because it's already 38 minutes into this, and we, we got, we'll flip this upside down to this side of the page. All right, I've lost touch with, with vote people. Gee, many Christmas. I was writing better, too. What happened here? I lost touch with veto oh god vote od people oh all right i admire your decision to open okay we actually have already done that that i can cross off admire versus respect good bye all right milgram we've done why is our government doomed to corruption we pretty much just went through that how can we know what's true how can we know what's true this is actually getting harder this is worse than it's ever been and it's not it, the the capability to fake people's voices is a power that shouldn't exist. We are coming into the unknown, and, and I believe we're already there, so I don't mean to undersell the drastic nature of our battle to find evidentiary truth in a world filled with simulated falsehoods and to simulate someone's identity exactly in a video montage as they exist 
in daily reality is, if not already here, a decade away, five years away? To be able to synthesize somebody's voice is already here, and it doesn't take a very large sample set. So any recording that is out there that has my voice signature, I will have to defend as what I said or prove that it was faked. How is this going to how is this going to play out? How are we going to know anything is true? The only thing we can do is give up the simulated world and all the artifacts it creates that leave us with nothing but a sense of I don't even know if that's verifiable. I, don't, I have no idea. Even if we come up with some brand that tags this as the speaker of legitimate origin and only the speaker of legitimate origin. Well, who came up with the branding encryption? The CIA? (laughs) Well then, fuck yeah, it's totally safe. How are we going to know what's true? And even as I envision journalism rapidly elevating to the most prestigious career one could undertake with the possible now I think it would be more important than educating our young because we all depend on a as non-biased a distribution of information and facts as can be presented by humans in meat suits with no biases at all times so how do you do that you do that by always having journalists committed to an unbiased life. Never would you ever know what direction a journalist voted. Never would you ever know what a journalist thinks about the situation in the Gaza Strip. Opinion has a place for us to decide the most sticky issues among us, but it doesn't have a place in journalism. And when the news sold out to Pfizer among many more, well, journalism was no longer about fact. It became narrative, story, structure, influence, obfuscation, brainwashing. And we're all the worse for it. So, even in that circumstance, those facts are there to help guide a conversation whereupon you decide what's best now. Here's new information. Here's a new development. Here's another round of activity to add to what we already know about these trends and situations. What next? 110,000 people died from drug overdose in, wait, was that suicide? Shit, was that suicide? Those might be the suicide numbers. No, that's got to be overdose. Shit, I don't know. 250,000? Suicide, drug overdose. Couple of problems. It'd be nice to have some actual journalism to help 
a country who is literally in a state of shock considering this is an epidemic no one saw coming and now no one is doing anything about? Hmm. Exceptional. This country is exceptional. You have to be able to find alternative sources for all your information today. And if you see The Guardian telling you the same story The New York Times is telling you, which is the same story that Vanity Fair is telling you, which is the same story you find over in Fortune magazine, yeah, yep, you've just you've read the same story. That that isn't how you go about finding sources to verify. You go find original source material. Nothing published by one of the five major corporations who run our news. You also have to become a pro at recognizing when vapid sourcing is what you're receiving. Experts say, a new study shows, anonymously quoted, none of that means anything. It means someone else wrote something that now we're going to call the authoritative body upon which this next news story is based. So go read the authoritative report. Go read the original work. And then go look for the sources that they cite. And when you find that that's all full of baloney, realize that that entire story was made up to make you think something when the facts don't even support it. Recognize when you're being manipulated. Learn what the logical fallacies are. When I tell you something that's ugly and not what you want to hear, but true, well, if someone tells you that I am a terrible basketball player and thus should not be ever listened to, well, that's irrelevant. Deliverer of the message that is factually true but unpleasant matters not at all. And that tactic of kill the messenger is the most common way that people are dismissed in American society currently. Whether it's conspiracy theorist or whack job or idiot Republican or you name it. But dismissing people because they are blank Well, it's kind of our national specialty. And then lastly, gain knowledge as much as possible in sources other than the digital medium. Digital data is inherently untrustworthy. It changes over time. You know when we were writing that article that time when we were talking about Cinderella and kind of a raunchy way. Yeah, well, I just cut that paragraph out. I didn't think people needed to know that about us. You know? So it's gone. And I know this is strange because in a world where there's more legacy social media about every individual who ever volunteered to put photos on Facebook and yet opinion government policy Hell, government legislation? The Bible? These are all being edited in a digital world where nobody has an actual copy. We just have what's online. 
Well, escape from that. Go talk to actual people. Have conversations in the real world. Go back to what it used to be, where knowledge was shared one-to-one. And watch how much happier you are, how much more secure you are, and frankly, how much keener you are at noticing the manipulation that we're all swimming in 24 hours a day around here. And I don't know what the rest of the world is like, but it can't be as bad as America because America's the, well, it's not the worst. America is a place where a lot of people are doing just good enough to say, I don't want it to get any worse, so leave me alone and shut the fuck up because if you talk to me, my whole reality might splatter or splatter. On pause. And, of course, I do not mean to ignore my uh, frustrated, um, just trying to do the right thing. And, yeah, my reality might be on a little shakier ground than I want to admit. But if you're going to throw me into the goddamn deep end and expect me to upend uh, this school year with the kids and all the stuff that has to happen here, I mean, Jesus, no. I, I just want to get through the year without seeing something else go wrong. Yeah, I could have been you. I really could have. And hang on, pause. Unpause. Um, yeah, to you, I probably have the most, for you, I probably have the most sympathy. Certainly, my, my empathy weeps <clears throat> as, it, as it realizes the depth of your dissociation and pain. Because if you're my age, 50-something, even 59, but if you're 50-something, you, uh, you can look back if this is your moment of self-realization, this one we're enduring at this precise time, space, and Earth 8675309 simulation variable all coordinating for reality as it's expressed, well then, you're the generation who looks back thinking where you might have realized and come to this knowledge and, and disillusionment earlier in your life because... You've been in denial enough to realize that there were moments when the cracks were there to be seen and you refused to look. So that is a burden beyond anything you deserve to endure. Which is why I tell you to release your guilt and shame toward yourself especially, but toward the world is just as important. Because there is no guilt or shame. There's confluence of energy that bobs you up and down in the ocean of current that is reality, much like dropping you off the love boat and watching you bob up and down in the waves of the Pacific Ocean would be just the same amount of control for you in terms of those waves in the ocean. Why is he letting the waves bounce up and down so much? He should calm that shit down. Yeah, man, calm the ocean down. 
That impossibility is exactly the level of guilt you need to carry with you regarding circumstances that you've endured. Now is not the time for a lesser version of yourself from a time previous to today hold you back for what you can do right now and into tomorrow. We cannot allow an anchor of some level of I could have been better to stop you from being all that you can be now. That we do not want, nor will we accept. So you got to get over that. You got to forgive yourself and you have to realize that the veneer that you didn't have, that you needed to fend off the attacks that were coming to you, were self-love. If you love yourself enough to realize you deserve life at its most fulfilling capacity, then the degradation of the simulation you're currently enduring, you would not have endured. So as you've chiseled away the sense of yourself that makes you think, eh, I'm all right. I'm not perfect, though. And in some ways, I'm kind of a little bit of a dick, if I'm being honest. Well, those feelings of abuse, self-loathing, disappointment, they don't exist. They're not real. They're engineered by a culture destined to make you feel like you're not worthy. It's what the game is about. And trying to win the game means being impervious to all that nonsense because you know you're worth it. Obviously you're worth it. You're a human. Pause. Unless you're a clone. But if you're a clone, well, I think we've already been through the how do you know if you're a clone list. So to all you clones, all I can say is being human is great. So good luck being human. Unpause. Well, I don't think I can end it with a ripoff of Tony the Tiger's Frosted Flake gimmick. And since he got to it first, I will allow him to take his copyright and shove it. But, <clears throat> okay, let's, let's um, address the last parts of this um, trend of misery in America. This is new. This wasn't here in my youth. In my youth, people were optimistic. They were happy. They were communal. They were trusting. They were gregarious, even the introverts, as long as you were on their turf and they were comfortable. People expected goodness, wonder. There was an energy about everyone that has turned today into a protective shell against everyone. And I don't know if it's social media and the impact it's had on our presentation of ourselves, our expectations of ourselves, our relationship with ourselves. I've never participated in social media, so I'm lucky in that it's not 
at this point in my life, something I would ever want to integrate. And had I just collapsed into the trend of the day and followed along like I usually do, well, I'd be in Twitter Anonymous and Instagram uh, Anonymous and all of it. It would have swept my life away because I wouldn't have been able to put it down. And I would have turned all of my mm, self-respect and self-love over to a judgmental audience of anonymous commentation. <laughs> commentation? <laughs> oh, that, my, <clears throat> that might be my favorite word I've made up recently. Commentations. The ruling mob of social commentary that the internet became and those whose exposed sides had no opportunity to avoid the the harsh and so undeserved pronouncement from afar to the about the and whatever the may have been willing to share with he and she and she he well I don't know how you did it I don't know how you all put up with it I don't know how you're all not part of that suicide statistic the world is not a place for anonymous commentary to be delivered against anyone in a negative way. So to have everyone suffer the insanity of, well, here's something I need to tell you about yourself because I'm just going to be a jerk and say you suck. <sighs> Speaking of sucking, how about this recording come to an end? Well, let's not stop before we get to why are the adolescents the least happy among us. Other than the fact that their futures look like they could at any minute just turn into a goddamn catastrophe if they're not already there. I mean, who can afford a fucking house? If you're 22, how are you going to buy a house? Really? So there's the fact that the world has gone completely upside down in their emergence into adulthood between COVID, the economy, and international policy, not to mention domestic policy, their families, and the changing cultural norms. I mean, it's a, it's a time of upheaval to the nth degree, and the experience of coming into your own as an adult in a human meat suit is a time of upheaval already. So, yeah, I feel for them. All of them. I feel even more for the ones who are 15 today. What do their lives look like in 12 years? Assuming again that we haven't been burped on by the sun or flooded on by that crack in the Pacific Ocean. Or crashed into by the moon. Okay. Two of those three I actually believe might happen. You now get to turn to her. <sighs> Should I just end it right here? Is this enough? Adolescents are unhappy because 
cell phones, fuck yeah. Everything that they have to do, they have to think of their appearance first because now everything is captured in visual form. <laughs> what a burden. Exposure 24-7 to all forms of commentary, including bullying. How, how do you make it? I guess porn might in some ways help but that becomes a destructive force when you're 15 you've never even made out with a girl but you have the sophisticated porn fetish library in your head of the dirtiest and most scary boogeyman they could have come up with when I was a kid, you are now a master of words I don't even know how to spell nor what they mean. And I've lost my virginity. So you, you I feel very sorry for. You are literally a rat in a maze filled with quicksand. And there's nowhere to go except offline which is asking too much because the entire generation born into the technological circumstance that is smartphones well when do they ever look up their whole lives are sitting in the device that China made and South Korea programmed so Asking you to come offline is like asking you to give up food. I, I bet you would rather give up food than give up your phone. I can just make it on liquids. Oh, you want me to give up juices? Okay, yeah, just water. All right, I'm not giving you my phone, man. Give me the water. Chaotic leadership? What? What example of good leadership does someone in their 20s have? Who can they even look at? Who? Elon Musk, whatever, bullshit. Um, oh, and this, this one I didn't see coming. I can admit to seeing the rest of these coming, but your level of self-awareness. Those who are young have been Hmm. saturated with the psychobabble of the 21st century to the point that their ability to look within themselves and analyze themselves, their weaknesses, their strengths, their tendencies, their liabilities, it's, it's acute. It's acute to the point it's a liability. It doesn't matter. Your weaknesses are only the weaknesses that you have so far displayed in a chaotic world full of signals that are all full of shit. So what you are is a discombobulated entity trying to untangle the snarl that is your life and your inner voice, all of which have never synced up to make you feel like you belong here. So to give yourself limitations or even a list of strengths and weaknesses. Well, just strengths was 
Fine, but that weakness is shit you should not be talking to yourself about because most of it doesn't exist. Alright, the last things that the youth are putting up with <laughs> a situation where everybody's grifting. Yeah, that does not bode well. Sorry guys, that's just weak humans coming before you being weak. Doom and gloom, yep, it is a world of doom and gloom. And wherever you look, the only forecasts are for doomier, gloomier, or more of the same, but maybe worse. AI, yeah, that is an existential threat, an undercurrent to everything we do that no one really knows how it's going to turn out, but turning out for the best. I don't know that anybody's that optimistic. The piss poor falling standards in education. You came into the world of COVID. You came into a world where an economy doesn't support your career aspirations or your family aspirations. And you came into a world where the biggest currency the media has to sell you is fear. So, if you're sitting somewhere else in the world and you think about America and when are they going to get their act together, well, realize that the generation that's coming into their own in real time right now, those who are hoping to start the American dream this decade, well, we fucked them over the most. And they are in a position to change the world for the best or realize how badly they've been screwed. And as we like to say here in America, go postal. On pause. <clears throat> All right. I cannot be someone who says I don't advocate or promote violence in any form or fashion and then end recording with Go Postal, which is a directly supportive and uh, somewhat dark cliche for mass shootings in this country, which admittedly kind of started in post offices. But I digress. Since I got on here to tack on something meaningful enough to reward those willing to sit here and think about going postal themselves. Well, for you, let's talk about... Should we just finish this sheet? What else was on here? Um, control, oh, I, I named the control groups quickly that can serve to influence your train of thought or give you thoughts so that you don't have to think them. You can just have them because they gave them to you, like churches. But I'm not saying a church isn't a valuable institution in a civilized society. I'm saying that these are where slanted messages, messages of bias, are to be understood as what's delivered. We're living in a society where there is nothing but biased opinion and raw data and facts. But when you're speaking to somebody about anything that's even those comments about raw data and facts, you're now in the land of bias. So for me to tell you that when you're hearing from Hollywood, you're getting a biased message shouldn't move your meter even a little bit because you're like, duh! 
And that doesn't move your meter. So think tanks. Hello, same fucking thing. Newspapers, hello, come on. You all know this. So those insidious little messages that we all swallow up because, okay, man, but it's the New York Times. You can't tell me not to trust the New York Times. I'm 74 years old. I've read the New York Times for 60 years. So you, Mr. 30-year-old, I know the world is falling apart because you're reading the New York Times. Sounds stupid to me. Yeah, they used to sound stupid to me too. Till I found out they were right. And when was the last time the New York Times admitted they screwed up about major mistakes like COVID? No, no, that that the one thing we definitely can say is if you think it came from a lab in China, well then you're a fucking conspiracy theorist moron who does not deserve to even be able to be seen by the New York Times. So we don't even see you. You're invisible. Goodbye. Four years later. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that uh, lab leak theory turns out to be true, but fuck you guys. We're the New York Times. Yeah, you are the New York Times. Go get me them WMDs in Iraq while you're getting me coffee. Um, That's... That sucks because my parents still read the New York Times with faith and I am not going to crack the veneer that is the misleading messages that swamp their reality today as a result. They will go out having believed that the better in America was still here to be had and hadn't crumbled completely. They don't need to have that realization in their 80s. But in their 70s, yeah. In their 60s, yeah. And if you're in your 50s, what, are you not fucking paying attention? It's everywhere. It's easy to see. Things suck now. Things are different. And just because you don't have the tools that society now uses, just because you can't find the TikTok goddamn app in the Google Play Store, doesn't mean you're anachronistic and don't matter enough to make a difference. Those of us who remember a world where kids got to ride their bikes until sunset and then they knew it was time to head home, that world is still available. And in fact, that world is still here. But it's up to us who remember that world to demonstrate to the generation for whom that world seems impossible, that it's not only possible, but if we just think we deserve it, it's here to be had right now. But can't find it on your phone. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's there. I haven't really looked, but I don't think it's there. So then last but not least, let's end it with this Oh, shit. That one's huge. Well, we are not going to end it with that. What does a winning life look like today in capitalist American society? It's not the same as it used to be, where the idea of having a nice car, a house probably with a swimming pool and a hot tub, plus a roof pool for the 
dog and sweet ass vacation somewhere that people just say oh yeah you're american awesome we love americans and then a bunch of kids that turn out to be rock stars and doctors and lawyers no not lawyers not even doctors rock stars rock stars artists and poets no not poets that'd be annoying how about rock stars just rock stars all your kids turn out to be rock stars which makes you um what are the what the osmonds i don't know they're not rock stars okay so what does a winning life look like in america if you're 22 well i'd say it probably means just getting somewhere where i have enough capital and equity in my life to buy property that would be a winning life do i have to get married no no i i need property though or i'm done because with the way things are going around here if i don't have an actual asset that's not dependent on the capitalist fiat currency known as the dollar i don't know if i'm gonna even make it to senior i'll probably just od on fentanyl when i'm 38 and unfortunately that reality looks fairly real even if you're goddamn on top of your shit this country can suck you into a fentanyl suicide because we're exceptional haven't you heard but that's not ending on a high note i mean if you're going to say what does a winning life look like in capitalist america well, as I've already said, it looks like one and one person only. Lara Logan. Because capitalist America is going to do everything it can to take the humanity and the drive for truth, justice, and fairness among us all well this country will just shatter that reality its ability to gaslight you in those capacities is endless infinite not going away so somehow you have to be strong enough from within to see it, fend it off, and rise above it. Because that's where fulfillment and destiny really sit. Not down here in this murky net that we keep getting trapped in. And that is what makes Lara Logan the one example of if you want a winning life in America, even though she's South African, she became American. If you want a winning life in America, you stick to exactly who you are at all times and you never, ever compromise your moral integrity, even in the face of the most brutal, heinous circumstances your fellow human humanity can serve up. And... 
do that. And I guess it really doesn't matter if you're in America or you're in India, namaste, or you're in Japan, konnichiwa. Perhaps you're even in Belgium, bonjour, or Switzerland, hello Roger Federer, bonjour. Do the things that Lara Logan has done in her life, or at least I should say, attack your life's opportunities with the same commitment to loving oneself and expressing oneself and growing oneself that Lara Logan has demonstrated in her pursuit of life. And I promise you will come out a hero. You may not come out a hero at her level. Let's admit she's galactic in her capability of which we are all not quite there yet. So consider her the example to which we can all aspire. But forgive yourself when you're not quite up to the strength and fortitude that she has displayed in her lifetime on 8675309 Earth. Because even when you're weak, you still love yourself. I love you. Lara Logan, I bet, loves you too. She's just like that.